Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, our podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA and one not so much. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian for the Gwinnett County Public Library, and I love YA. I'm Patty. I'm the Youth Services Manager for Gwinnett County Public Library, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist at Gwinnett County Public Library, and I'm the not so much. So tell us a little bit more about your reading style. For example, Catherine, I know you prefer audiobooks. Yeah, I pretty much lately only listen to audiobooks. I, <laughs> growing up, I would, audiobooks to me were like torture. I would have never listened to an audiobook, and I think that's because I was forced to listen to them on like long road trips with my parents. They would pick a book that was very interesting to them, but me as a child or a, a teen, not so much. But now that I drive myself around, I found that I really enjoy it, and it almost kind of helps with like road ragey type issues <laughs> for me to like get so involved in a story that like I don't care if the trip takes me longer than it should because people maybe aren't driving to the best of their own abilities. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Do you like do audiobooks? I, like audiobooks? I do e-readers, like e-readers, paper. I I am not a picky reader. Um, I will listen to audiobooks. I will read ebooks. I read regular books. I do like using the audiobook and the book, especially reading like fantasy or books with other languages if so I can learn how things are actually pronounced. Oh, I love that. I love that, that is nice. Names too, because especially. a lot of times, especially in fantasy, you have no idea because these are names that, as far as I can tell, are just kind of made up and you just have no idea, how do I even say this? But if somebody's narrating it for you, then... With that, I'm always curious, is that the narrator's opinion on how that should be pronounced or is that have they been told by the author that would be something I would love to ask an audiobook reader sometime well I do think too when you have an audiobook sometimes the narration can can really enhance the book and sometimes it's a terrible distraction I just listened to um, a fall love story which has it's told from both um, main characters' perspectives. So there's a male narrator and a female narrator, and the female one did great. But the male narrator, I don't know where they got this guy, but he was just really not great at reading the book. And if it had just been him, I don't know if I would have finished the audio version because he would like chop sentences in the middle in places where I feel like that that is not what the author intended or put emphasis on a word in a sentence that, again, I feel like... If I were reading that, that is not how it would sound in my head. So, a little distracting. Yeah, there have been instances where the I don't like the voice necessarily or or the voice they're trying to do for a specific character and I do have to like switch. I can't I can't listen to it. I have to read it. There are various talent levels at reading aloud, I think. Let's go around briefly and tell everybody what we're reading right now. I'll start, and I'm almost finished with Tokyo Ever After by Amiko Jean. I'm really enjoying this one and was excited to find out there is going to be a book two because I love series and sequels, unlike maybe some of my cohorts here. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. So in this one, we have Izzy. She's a Japanese-American teen living in a small, mostly white town who has never known her father, but finds a clue in one of her mother's books and ultimately finds out he's the crown prince of Japan. Izzy travels to Tokyo to meet her father and becomes overwhelmed with her new Japanese imperial life and trying to prove to everyone she is Japanese enough. Uh, We also have conniving royal cousins, paparazzi scandals, and a very handsome bodyguard. But I'm almost finished 
not quite, but can't wait to finish. So I just finished Any Way the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. It's the third book in the Simon Snow series, and I absolutely loved it. In Carry On, Simon and his friends realized that everything they thought they understood about the world might be wrong. It is Rainbow Rowell's um, homage, I guess, maybe, to the chosen one trope, and it's all about being the chosen one. And what I love about these books is the second one is what happens after you've been the chosen one and you've done the thing. What do you do? (laughs) Because your whole life has been building to being the chosen one. Um, And if you're Simon, you get very depressed and your friends take you on a road trip across America and it is delightful. And then the third book, the one I just finished, Anyway the Wind Blows, is all about how you heal and move on from all of the trauma of being the chosen one because there's a there's a lot of you know trauma involved in that and it was absolutely wonderful and i am currently reading white smoke by tiffany d jackson and it is about a girl named marigold who has some uh, anxiety and ocd issues particularly related to bed bugs yeah Mm. she's she's kind of a paranoid about the bed bugs anyway she and her blended family have moved to a new town and a new house and she's trying to fit in at a new school and she's not really a fan of her stepfather and uh, her house appears to be haunted and there's something creepy going on in the town as well is it haunted by bed bugs i was gonna say back to the bed bugs no it's not haunted by bed bugs it's haunted by some sort of like demony spirity old lady known as the hag but one of the constant re uh reappearing themes that marigold deals with is fear that she sees bed bugs that there's bed bugs on her clothes etc so look bed bugs are serious i i wouldn't consider that a fear i, I mean was gonna say weird. that's Everybody should be worried about bed bugs. Yeah, but I mean, she's, if she sees a speck on her clothes, she okay. wants to like burn them. So she's obsessive. Yeah, a little Aww. like she takes it to a new level, right? So okay. that's just one of the things she struggles with, and it makes her family. You know, when she talks about I, supernatural things are happening, they're like, mm-hmm, "Is this part of your weird oh. anxiety issue?" Oh. So, okay, I get it. That makes a little more sense. Yes. Right. I was like, where's the bed bug thing I going? know. I was like, how does that tie in exactly? But I get it. So it undermines her. A little bit. Yeah, yeah because she's had some issues in the past. And right. so her family doesn't exactly entrust so her. And they also didn't like the way she handled her anxiety in the past. So they're afraid that she's going to turn to recreational drugs. So they're so there's taking that what she's too. saying, like with a grain of salt or right, whatever. Right. Maybe if they listened to her and got her some help professional help she wouldn't need to turn to recreational drugs well she has been in an institution before the book starts some kind but they haven't really delved completely into the details of that that one sounds really good actually (laughs) i know i'm super curious now it has intrigued me well good okay check it out it does she does have parental issues which is one of those things i was gonna ask where is it coming in on the parental hey okay anyway the wind blows there are four main characters, so there's not everybody's going to have great parents, but one of them has parents that are involved in her life, 
and actually at one point are like, you need to let the grown-ups just fix the pro- you don't have to fix all the problems. We're the grown-ups. We can handle it. They can't, but they try. Yeah, all of them have parents except for Simon. I mean, Simon has parents, of course, because, you know, everybody has parents. But who Simon's parents are is a plot point in the third book. I will say in my book, too, they all have parents. Like, all of the characters in the book. I mean, Izzy, her dad was missing at the beginning. She was being raised by a single mom, but then now she has a dad. And Izzy's parents care about her. Well, that's great. Well... Now that we both attacked Sarah for her stance on absent parents in YA books, let's talk about a genre and topic of books where all the parents are absent. <laughs> it's very hard to have a good thriller with um, involved parents. Yeah. And our thriller book of the day, if you listen to our first episode, your call is The Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. This one is a contemporary thriller where the daughter of a con artist has been taken hostage in a bank heist. Let's talk a little about the thriller genre first, and then we'll dive deeper into the book. I straight up love thrillers. They have some mystery and suspense and even some horror thrown in, which is another genre I really love. And usually for me are definite like page turners. Like I just can't stop reading it. I have to get to the end and know what happened. See, that's because you don't just skip to the end like I do. I know. I said it. I skipped to the end. Boo. I do like to make predictions, though. Sometimes uh, mysteries and thrillers can be a little predictable for me. So it's fun. And like that's one of the things that makes it a definite page turner. I need to know if I'm right. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Uh, what I enjoy about thriller genre is it's usually fairly fast-paced. And if it's written well, like you said, you just want to keep turning and seeing what happens next. And I think that this title lived up to that expectation. It's interesting because I wouldn't say that I am a big fan of thrillers. I do really like mysteries. Um, I think where I I worry a little bit, like how you talked about how thriller can tend to sometimes sag a little into horror, and I do not like that. I am a big old scaredy cat who doesn't like to be scared. Which is Uh, why you like to see how it ends before... I already have anxiety. I don't need to worry about if people are going to live in the book that I'm reading. I, I, I will say, I did not skip to the end in this book. So, I should get a medal. Okay. Just saying. Round of applause. We'll work on that. I didn't skip to the end in, in, in a very intense book. Um, but I really, really, really like mysteries. I have, like, I started with, like, Trixie Belden and Nancy Drew and, and those Mystery Mysteries, and I moved up very quickly. So I really liked this one because I, I also really like con artists. And so this this one appealed to me. It, it's more, it's less, there's no horror. It's it's just straight up thriller mystery things. So I, I like this book. Well, now that we're talking a little more about the book and what we like, I'll share the synopsis. Nora O'Malley's been a lot of girls. As the daughter of a con artist who targets criminal men, she grew up as her mother's protege. But when mom fell for the mark instead of conning him, Nora pulled the ultimate con, escape. For five years, Nora's been playing it normal, but she needs to dust off the skills she ditched because she has three problems. Number one, her ex walked in on her with her girlfriend. Even though they're all friends, Wes didn't know about her and Iris. Number two, the morning after Wes finds them kissing, they all have to meet to deposit the fundraiser money they raised at the bank. It's a nightmare that goes from awkward to deadly because... Number three, right after they enter the bank, two guys start robbing it. The bank robbers may be trouble, but Nora's something else entirely. 
They have no idea who they're really holding hostage. So before we start talking about all the things we love about actually reading the book, let's discuss the cover. I did not like this cover. I did not either. Let me tell you a little about it. So it's got a solid like red cover, like a bright red kind of. It's got the title on it. It's got a what looks to be a black bob wig maybe with bangs and then a floating hand holding some keys from their index finger. But that's about it. I know when I first looked at this one, I was like, I don't want to read this. So luckily I had read the synopsis first, which intrigued me. So I read it and then saw the cover and was like, what? And you're probably wondering how I didn't see the cover until after I had read it. It's because I listened to that on Audible. I think that's interesting because when you suggested it and showed it to me, I was like, okay, sure. I don't really like reading what people tell me to read anyway and you give me this book and I'm like it's ugly I just here's the thing I think it's the red the red is a very bright red and unless you really like that color it's it's kind of off-putting and I just it makes me feel angry it just makes me feel angry I don't know why I also dislike this cover and I think it's because you've got like this floating hair and this floating hand I'm with you know I don't understand why you wouldn't just finish the drawing the the one thing I do like about it is the hand kind of I like the way the hand is holding the keys out to you in a way that's kind of like come at me try and get these keys like she's the one in power yes and in control so I kind of do like that I mean but overall it would not have been something that just snagged my attention like I must read this yeah I mean I think she's supposed to be faceless because of you know she's taken on so many different identities and that's what they're going for here but I just I feel like there would be a better way to do this than with a floating wig. It's not compelling to me. I would never, if I just looked at the cover and decided only on the cover whether to read this, I would never have read it. Yeah. But don't judge a book by its cover because I did actually like the book. I just wanted to have a better cover. <laughs> Same. Yeah. So okay. fair warning. We are going to talk about this book. We're probably going to talk. There is no way to talk about this book without some spoilers. And also, uh, I we want to give some people some trigger warnings because there is a lot in this book. This book deals heavily with sexual abuse and emotional abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse and child abuse and like it, it all the abuses really it if, covers. If you can put the word abuse in in it, in it it's it's got got you covered. Got lots of violence, some of it graphic. We've yeah. got abandonment issues, firearms. There's depictions of trauma that goes back to that violence. So, and they're all handled very well in the book, I think. Um, I like the, that most of the point is overcoming these different traumas that have happened to her. But fair warning, if that is something that is going to trigger you, you might want to stay away from this book. And you might want to stop listening to the podcast right now. That kind of brings me to what I like the most about the book is like it's a survivor story kind of. Like this quote from the book really called out to me. What didn't kill me didn't make me stronger. What didn't kill me made me a victim, but I made me stronger. I made me a survivor. So it really talks about how like she saved herself. She's the one who made herself a survivor. Like that happening to her did not make her stronger. She made herself stronger. I just really loved that. And she had to make herself stronger because she didn't have good parents. Once again, in this book, we have no parents that are uh, actively involved in a positive way. 
Do we know who her father is? No. No. Okay, that's what I couldn't remember all of a sudden. She has several step parents right. uh, some, throughout the years. Well, I'm going to say all of them all terrible. Not great. I was going to say some not so great, some but Some much all worse than others. Terrible. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's a winner. And her mother is the worst of all because she doesn't spend one bit of energy trying to protect Nora from any of it. The best part of her family would be her sister, Lee who suffered her own traumas, but she's one of my favorite characters. I wish had maybe been developed more, but because I'd like to know more of her story and how she got out. I would love a second book. I would too. And there are no inklings or talk or even nothing. No book too. I think it even says somewhere that it's not a series. Because I am very interested in Lee. I, she's a really interesting character, and I think it wouldn't be a YA book though, because Lee is an adult in this book, and like I, I'm, I'm interested in adult yeah. Lee and not so much teenager Lee. No, I kind of want to know how she got out, like how she got herself out. We know how Nora got herself out. I feel like there's some other plot threads though that could be picked up and explored if the author chose to do that. Sure. Um, Iris's backstory isn't really. Uh, explored much at all and also without too many spoilers the way this book ends Nora is still in some amount of danger so if we were to see book two of what happens to Nora I think there are definitely some things that could be explored well I did like the ending because I do think she she is technically possibly in some danger but she set it up pretty well that she is not going to be bothered by anybody. I don't know. Like the one guy at the end that gets sent off to jail, he's totally going to sing like a bird and tell, I mean, the mob is going to know. Yeah, but she has the blackmail material on everybody else. And as she told her mom, if anything happens to her, it's all going to get released and it's going to make it look like Raymond is releasing it, which puts Raymond's life in danger. So she might die, but she's going to take Raymond down with her. I suppose. And that's probably what the what that resolution is meant to be. This is over. It didn't feel that way to me. It didn't feel like 100% like now she's safe. Yeah. But I didn't get that vibe either. I don't think she's entirely safe, but I, I think she's pretty safe. It has been picked up by Netflix. So Ooh. it's still in pre-production. And I think it got picked up like earlier. So... There's only been one person cast, but it's pretty exciting. Millie Bobby Brown will star as Nora, which I think is super cool. But nobody else is listed, so I don't know how far it's going to go, and I hope it actually does make it all the way through. (laughs) But maybe if that's super popular, maybe we would see a sequel there or get more information there. I don't know. I like that the book just kind of throws you into the middle of the action, and you don't know who these people are. And you get things explained to you as you go through the book. I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I like how we learn more and more about Nora through her previous cons. Yeah, and like she hints. So what I like, I think why the reason I didn't skip ahead in this book is I got enough, it kept giving me enough breadcrumbs and like she would hint at things that then they would explain later. And I, I thought just was just enough for me to not get anxious or bored and I, I didn't flip ahead. Also, I just I just want to have a huge shout out to Iris. I just love her. I, yeah. She was okay. She, I, to me, she wasn't developed enough. Like, I mean, she has these like bomb making skills, but where I do, the heck did that come I, from? I mean, I am curious where she and learned how to make a bomb. That's I mean, what I mean about her backstory. I didn't find her, like, she was not my favorite. Um, and I think it's because we didn't really get to see that, what led to the relationship that she had with Nora. They kind of uh, described more how Nora got to be friends with Wes, 
you know, outside of their romantic involvement, they got into that and described that. But the author didn't give us a story about how Iris and Nora got to be close. They had like a meet cute moment, right? Yeah. But, but that, yeah, but that was it. I want more Iris before I make a judgment, I guess. I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't dislike her, but no. I, she doesn't really do anything for me. I liked Wes way better. Right. But I mean. She <laughs> builds up more of Wes's backstory so you have more sympathy. So I think it's interesting that yeah, I really think that Iris is a good fit for Nora because I think that she's very similar to her in in ways like like the fact that she is like let's make a bomb and the fact that I love I love that she got the the bank robbers to let her go in the bathroom for like 15 to 20 minutes basically because he just didn't want her to hear her say talk about her period I was anymore like, she brought up the word period and <laughs> and got kind of graphic about it and he <laughs> totally freaked out and it's like okay just go, shut up leave me alone go in the bathroom i liked it i like her i thought she was very smart thinking and i think she's a good fit for nora i like I said, I like the ending of the book, and I think it ended in a good place. If it had gone on for longer, it would have just dragged out. But I do kind of wish maybe maybe a novella uh, where we get a little bit more about Nora and Iris as they actually get to know each other without any secret. That would be an interesting story. I also liked that this one had a pretty good balance of, you know, it was dark, like bad things were happening, but it was also balanced with humor. Oh, yeah. Nora's voice is really good. I will admit there were like times when I was reading, I was like, oh, when she stabbed that guy, I was like, oh, oh, she totally just stabbed him with a pair of scissors. Oh, my God. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) It is a violent book. I mean, there's no two ways of around that. And I think it's interesting because you get that before you really get what happened with Raymond. And like, once you know what she did to Raymond, stabbing someone's pair of scissors, you're like, well, okay. I'm not going to say what she did to Raymond. You have to read the book to find out what she did to him. Did you have any tropes? I know you're a trope fan. Did you have any tropes (laughs) that you found in this one? So this one is uh, heist and con jobs, which I really like because again, it's a competency thing. Nora is so competent and she's so good at what she does. And so I really like watching characters be smart and do smart things. And she never does anything that I can think of that's dumb. It's almost a little unrealistic how smart she is and like how far it's like how many steps ahead of everybody she is all the time. I, I was a little like, okay. And I did have a moment when I was reading this book and they're in a bank heist and their lives are threatened. They're probably going to die. But because they're teenagers, they're going to have to take a moment to hash out their relationship talk. <laughs> and I, I did have a moment when I'm like, guys, stop. This is not w- what you need to be talking about right now. This, <laughs> You can talk about this after you get out of the bank. And like a lot of YA books, they are more than willing to die for one another. I will say this, this is... Yes, but this is one where, I don't know, well... I was just mentally going through the story in my head. I was like, was it? And I was like, yeah, I think they all kind of confessed they'd be willing to go down for the other. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They were mad when they weren't included in the plan to get out I mean, of it. because she ultimately it yeah, was willing to sacrifice herself, but they were too, and then were mad right. when they didn't get the opportunity almost. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I also really like just like this, the structure of the book, the way that the flashbacks are in 
the pages are a different color. They're like gray as opposed to, to white. And there's some, some like formatting and actual like the physical book I thought was interesting in choices on how to do that and how they change the font when there's the um, transcripts between Lee and the deputy because the idea is that's not what's happening now. It's an official transcript of what was happening and the font changes and so it's just like little structural things that I thought were interesting uh, choices, design choices in the book. And I miss that listening to books. Oh, that's but right. You listen to it. They did do that like with the transcripts and stuff. It made it more sound like it was a recording you were listening to. Okay. So the audio quality did change. So it, was, it was like you were listening to like a tape recorder or something. Well, I think that uh, using those techniques helps keep the book fast paced, which makes it an excellent thriller. Does anybody have any recommendations for other books people might like if this one calls to you so this isn't a book it's a tv show but the whole time i was reading this book i kept thinking of the television show leverage which i love so the the very quick premise of this show is it is about a group of thieves and con men who are end up coming together to run cons against people with power and money and so they work for the little guy and they provide leverage. And they there's an episode that they're run where they're running a con in a bank and it goes wrong because someone comes in to rob the bank. So that's reminded me a lot of this book because you've got these con artists in the bank that are running a con. They've got their mark with them. They can't let the mark know what's happening, but they also are trying to figure out how to get away from this bank robber who is clearly not a very good bank robber either. He's, things are going wrong. And so it's, and they have people on the outside as well who are pretending to be FBI agents and like trying to, to work that angle as well. And so that was, um, I kept thinking about that episode. And I think if you like this book, you would like that show. It's got that snarky sense of humor as well. It's very funny. And they've just started a new series of it. The book reminded me of a different TV show called Imposters. And in that one, there's a con woman who has over the years married three different people, two guys and one girl, and uh, they somehow realize that they've been conned and they find out about each other and they get together to try to track her down. And along the way, they decide that conning might not be as bad as they thought it was. So it also has a sense of humor and high stakes, and it's a, it's a good show. I believe it's on Netflix. I actually have two YA books I would recommend. The first is Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Yamide, and the other is They Wish They Were Us by Jessica Goodman. They are both kind of mystery thrillers that take place in prep schools. There's murder, there's intrigue, they're trying to solve the case. There's kind of a con going on, like uh, in one of them, it's kind of like a gossip girl type of thing, like somebody's releasing secrets about these two uh, that are kind of fighting for the top spot at the school. Um, the other is a like elite society in the in the prep school where um, they get special treatment like they get the answers to all the quizzes, the tests, papers like they're guaranteed like instant A's basically. But somebody was murdered in their group and it's senior year. And uh, yeah, she's trying to figure out what really happened because one of their group was blamed for the murder and it's come to her discovery that that might not be true. So she's kind of curious who it is that is the murderer and is she safe? I was like, that makes me think. I, I did think of another one. It's High Society by Ali Carter. Uh, that that one's 
very, if you like this, you'll like it. It's a girl who was raised by parents who are thieves and taught how to be a thief and decides to try to leave the family by conning her way into a boarding school. Things do not go quite right. I read both Ace of Spades and They Wished They Were Us probably in the last six months. So they were kind of fresher in my brain. But I do really like Allie Carter. She kind of has that spy heist like thing going in several of her books and series. Didn't she write the Gallagher Girls as she well? She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So high recommend if you like this book to, to check out those. They're slightly older titles, but they're really good. So for our next episode, we thought we'd get into the festive spirit of this time of year and read some YA books with holiday themes. We'll each read different titles and share whether or not we'd put those books on the naughty or nice list. Ooh, I already have some in mind. I definitely have some that are my favorites to read around the holidays. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Spill It from the Gwinnett County Public Library. Please be sure to tune into our next episode when we talk about YA holiday titles. Remember, you can find The Girls I've Been and the other books we mentioned today in our catalog. If you liked what you heard today, you can like, subscribe, and find more episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just search Gwinnett Library. Until next time, keep reading.